Hello, everybody. My name is David Martinez III, a director at Vitalist Health Foundation, and I am so proud to be hosting this edition of the Vitalist Health Foundation Spark podcast. In my role as director of strategic community partnerships at Vitalist Health Foundation, I get the great privilege of engaging with community partners throughout the state, doing the best and very passionate work to improve the health of people and communities throughout our great state of Arizona. One of those areas that I get to engage in is actually through volunteer service and volunteering with the City of Phoenix's Fast Track Cities Initiative to reduce stigma and educate the public about HIV and AIDS prevention work and treatment work here in the City of Phoenix specifically. It was an initiative started by Mayor Greg Stanton when he was the mayor of Phoenix, now Congressman Stanton, and continues to be led by mayor and council here in the City of Phoenix. We are joined here by three great community members that have been advancing this really important work, and we'll let them share their story as we get through this podcast. But today's podcast is shedding light on a topic that doesn't often get too much attention. It deserves its HIV. It's a sensitive topic, but things have come a long way since it was first discovered. The big message that we want to share that is that we can stop HIV together. So by raising awareness of the role we all can play, we can help end the stigma around HIV. Through support and education, we make it easier for people living with HIV to live healthier lives. And through initiatives at the city and county levels, leaders and community partners are working together to create a network of services for patients and education for the public. As I mentioned, the city of Phoenix is involved in the Fast Track Cities Initiative, a global partnership between cities and municipalities around the world focused on diagnosis, treatment, and prevention. Our guests today will walk us through their own personal work and involvement in helping our community. But this idea for a conversation really started with an email we got from Valley Wise Health about the Voices of Hope Speakers Bureau, which aims to educate the community to reduce HIV-related stigma through storytelling, educational presentations, and conversations from real people with HIV. So that's where we'll start. All of our panelists, Stacey J, Dr. Vanig, and Becky, thank you so much for joining us today. We always like to have our guests introduce themselves. So why don't we give each of you some time to provide insight into who you are, your work, your organizations, and how you became involved. Becky, as a Voice of Hope Speakers Bureau member, let's get started with your introduction. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's quite an honor. I am currently a patient access specialist at Can Community Health here locally, a HIV and sexual health clinic, and I am a Voices of Hope speaker. I also keep involved in multiple different community action agencies. So I'm just really happy to be here and share my story. Voices of Hope has been amazing, and I love to spread word about Voices of Hope to everybody in the community. Great. Thank you so much, Becky, for being yourselves a voice of hope uh, in this space and for all your great work with Valley Wise Health as well as Can Community Health. The next guest we have is Dr. Vanig. Can you give the audience an overview of the Fast Track Cities Initiative and other HIV-related public health initiatives across the county and state by way of introduction? David, thank you so much for inviting me to be here. So I'm a Chief Medical Officer at Spectrum Medical. We are an HIV PrEP LGBTQ clinic. We've been in the Valley for 25 years, and I have served on the City of Phoenix Fast Track Cities Initiative since 2016. So here in Phoenix and 
Maricopa County, we actually have two initiatives, both of them with the same goal to end HIV by the year 2030. So let's start with the Fast Track Cities Initiative. So the Fast Track Cities Initiative is a global initiative that was launched in 2014 at the city of Paris and with the goal to end HIV in big cities by the year 2030. So we joined uh, Fast Track Cities in 2016. So the for Fast Track, we have one goal, which is a 95-95-95, meaning that we would like 95% of people living with HIV to know their status. And out of those people, we want 95% to be on medication. And we know that when patients are on medication, the viral load become undetectable. They cannot transmit the virus. We call that e- U equals U. So we would like 95% of people on HIV medication to reach that viral patient, undetectable viral load. So the, another initiative that we have in Maricopa County is called the EHE, or Ending HIV Epidemic. And this initiative was launched by the previous administration in the year 2020 with the goal to end HIV in 48 jurisdictions around the country. So Phoenix is one of the 48 hot counties and one of the seven states in the U.S. that account for more than 50% of newly diagnosed HIV infection. So the focus is on Maricopa County right now. With the goal for the EHE, we like to cut back newly case of HIV by 75% by the year 2025 and cut it down to 90% by the year 2030. So that is the the two initiatives that we have in Phoenix and Maricopa. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Vanig, for your longtime leadership in this space, both with the City of Phoenix's Fast Track Cities Initiative Committee and as a physician and provider at Spectrum Medical here in Phoenix. And last but certainly not least is Stacey Jay with Aunt Rita's Foundation. Stacey Jay, you're newer in your role with Aunt Rita's Foundation, but certainly not new in the community. Tell us more about who you are and what this is doing in this space. Yeah, thank you, David. It's a privilege to be involved in this conversation today. Thank you for having me. My name is Stacey J. Cavalier. I'm the executive director of Aunt Rita's Foundation. Aunt Rita's is celebrating 35 years of doing work in the HIV community here in Maricopa County and beyond through our education, outreach, and testing initiatives. Aunt Rita's also funds and supports over a dozen other HIV and related service agencies through our partner agency grant program. So we are oftentimes known as the connector of the community, really just doing anything we can to support our partner agencies and other healthcare clinics, community-based organizations to give people the access to the equitable care that they deserve. All of our work is in alignment with the Fast Track Cities Initiative, and we just played a vital role in helping getting that launched here. So we're very proud of that legacy and also in alignment with the ending the epidemic goals that Dr. Vanig uh, just described. The strength of Aunt Rita's really does stand upon all the community agencies and the volunteers and the individuals that engage with us each year. We're proud to be a part of this work. Yes, we're proud to have you part of this work and all of the partner agencies that Aunt Rita's Foundation provides critical support for. 
Becky, this conversation again started with outreach from Valley Wise Health and the Voices of Hope Speakers Bureau. Can you talk a little bit more about Valley Wise Health in general? Because a lot of folks might not be familiar with their great efforts here in Maricopa County. And then the specific work of the Speakers Bureau and how you got involved. I have been HIV positive for over 31 years. I actually am a patient at Valley Wise Health. <laughs> great facility. I was asked, I sit on a few boards and do a few things. And I was asked to be part of the Speakers Bureau about two years back. And the way it was presented to me was, you're not a traditional face of HIV. Would you be comfortable sharing your story and helping reduce stigma around HIV? And since I am a cisgender Caucasian female, you don't see my face very often. You don't think of HIV when you see someone like me, but myself and many other women live with HIV and we have a lot of stigma around our diagnosis as everyone does with HIV. It's just a different stigma for women. And I remember the first 20 years of my diagnosis, I kept it a secret. My son is also positive. And so I was a mom living in public housing, had my social security. We were just waiting to die back in those days. And we kept it a secret. We didn't tell people. And that kept me sick mentally and physically. So now I talk about it and I talk about it a lot because I first connected with somebody in the HIV community when I was in a treatment facility and they were talking about HIV. And when they left, I waited for everyone to leave the room and I got up and I got their card because there were so few people that talked about HIV. So when they asked me to become part of the Speakers Bureau, I was nervous and anxious and all of those things. Because coming out and telling the world, hey, I'm Becky and I'm HIV positive is a scary thing. But I want to be that person that reaches to others and lets somebody sitting in the audience say, oh, hey, I'm HIV positive too. And I, I don't have to be afraid anymore. I can be courageous and live my life and be my true self. So that's what drew me to the Speakers Bureau. It's a great way to get out there and just let people know that we're not dying of HIV anymore. We're living. And educating the community and breaking that stigma is so important to each and every one of us. That is such an important message you share, Becky. And I think what makes me inspired by the work of the Speakers Bureau and of you being so courageous in sharing your story is we often get lost in the numbers and in the stigma that is attached to this work. And I really just applaud the work of Valley Wise Health to really put the lived experiences of our community up front and to share their stories courageously and to do a lot of this great work. So thank you so much for all that you're doing. And I really wanted to highlight a message you shared is that you have been living with HIV for 31 years now. And when I say living, I want to stress the living piece because as you had mentioned, it was not that case, especially just 30 years ago. Yeah, that was not the design when I contracted in 92 and was diagnosed in 96. Back then, myself, my own personal experience was get your affairs in order and don't make very many plans. Let's get you on social security. Let's get you in public housing. 
in 2002, I, I then found out my son was also HIV positive. I, I didn't really deal with the diagnosis from 1996 until 2002 because I didn't fit the stereotypical model of what HIV was. I knew all of my sexual partners. I wasn't an intravenous drug user. All the stigma itself kept me thinking, oh, no, this can't be real. So we used to be pushed away and told to get our affairs in order. And we're still kicking. We're still alive. We're still fighting this battle. And we can do it courageously and loudly now. Yeah, we appreciate that. And how is your son? My son is good. He's 31. I have a grandchild that's 11 years old. I'm excited for Christmas. He's in the, the tweens era. So this will probably be the last one where he's not, ah, don't wake me up. I've been very blessed in life. I've got four children. Only one of them is positive. My son is not as compliant with his medications. It's something we don't talk about a lot is the perinatals. There was a lot of trauma related to diagnosis when you're eight years old and you're sitting in a boardroom and told that you're HIV positive and you've got to take this medicine and you're getting blood draws every month. And there's a lot of trauma related to that and a lot of ideas of not wanting to take the medications because back then they used to make you sick. There's just a lot involved with growing up HIV positive, but he's alive. I case managed the heck out of him. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Becky, the mama bear. <laughs> I, I am. And yeah, I've become a mama bear for the community. Don't make him call me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We appreciate you you being our mama bear for sure. Dr. Vanig, we've talked a lot, especially with Becky's story, in that there is this kind of perception that people living with HIV are a certain portion of a population. So can you take us a little bit of a step back and just educate the general public that listens to our Vialis podcast about what HIV is and what populations it has been seen in and what in more recent times are more persistent or more maybe a, a rise in those certain populations. So just a little bit of a HIV 101, if you will. First, I want to start by saying that stigma, I think, comes from the lack of knowledge. So I think if people have some knowledge about HIV and understand that anyone can get HIV, then people would be more likely to get tested, to get treatment, and to get on prevention of HIV because you know, HIV can affect anyone. HIV is a virus that I think one thing that makes HIV very different from other viruses is that it can integrate itself into you know our human DNA. Once you have HIV, you're going to live with HIV. But we, I think we have come a long way from when I started seeing my first HIV patients in 1987. Back then, we only had one medication. And with the advancement of HIV medicine, now we have like more than 30 medications. People can just take a very easy one pill a day and then they can suppress HIV to undetectable virus, which means there's zero virus that will harm their body, which means there will be zero virus that can pass on to other people. Another thing that I think people should know is that HIV is actually preventable. And we have a very effective prevention medications that we use right now. One can just take Again, one pill a day, every day to prevent them from getting HIV. Or we even have an injectable that one can get you know, every other month. And both all the PrEP medications that we have, it's almost 100% effective. So I think we need to really educate 
the community about HIV prevention. I believe in prevention. Prevention is the, the best way to end the HIV epidemic. That's great. I think that sort of awareness and outreach is definitely evident in the community here in Phoenix thanks to a lot of the great outreach that Spectrum Medical has led with you at the helm there, and of course, all of the great partners that receive support from Aunt Rita's foundation. Stacy, can you talk a little bit more about the great work of all of the partner agencies with Aunt Rita's foundation, especially as Dr. Vanig was saying, that work in the prevention space, which is really critical, but then the test and treat space as well? Absolutely. Our partner agencies are really the pride and joy of what we do. We are able to, as I mentioned before, give grants out funding to these agencies through all of the proceeds from our annual AIDS Walk event, which is coming up on April 6th at Tempe Beach Park. And some of those agencies do the work around prevention, education. Many of them have the healthcare clinics within their organization to do the treatment like Spectrum Medical does at their offices. And then we also have a couple others that do some supportive services. A Shot in the Dark is one that does a clean needle exchange program. Becky had mentioned the prenatal HIV. Phoenix Children's Hospital's Bill Holt Pediatric Clinic is also one of our partner agencies that treats kids and youth and young adults with HIV. Chicanos Por La Causa is a really strong partner. Can Community Health has been mentioned, and ValleyWise, of course, one in 10 who serves youth, HIV care directions. There are just so many wonderful agencies that we support and that teach and train us as well. We are a conduit of the HIV community, really. We get a lot of phone calls, a lot of walk-ins from people just not knowing where to go or what to do. So we connect those folks to these wonderful agencies and to other healthcare clinics like Spectrum Medical. Speaking of those groups that we are really trying to reach, the there are some priority populations that we are looking at to really expand our outreach and education, particularly in the Black community and the youth community. Aunt Reed has recently has partnered with the Greater Phoenix Chapter of the Black Nurses Association. We're doing a train the trainer program with them and then they're taking all of the education, information, outreach materials to faith-based organizations that are in the Black communities. Really just looking to partner with anyone and everyone that will listen to us and help us join the effort to end the epidemic. And at Rita's, we'll continue to stand strong in that mission. Absolutely. And, and just for people in the back, can you repeat the information about your walk? Yes, uh, our annual AIDS walk uh, and 5K run, dogs are also welcome, is uh, <laughs> going to be on April 6th, 2024 at uh, Tempe Beach Park. And people can get more information and register now at AIDSWalkAZ.org. AIDSWalkAZ.org. Perfect. Thank you so much for that. Good plug. Becky, Stacy J mentioned the support and the work that Can Community Health does and you're wearing sort of two hats on this podcast now, one with, of course, the Speakers Bureau with Valley Wise Health, but also in your role with Can Community Health, which just, as I understand it, just opened a new provider site in Phoenix. So can you tell us a little bit more about Can's entry into this market space and the efforts? Oh, yeah, definitely. Can actually has been in Phoenix since 2019. Can Community Health as a whole has been doing practice for about 30, 35 years on the East Coast. They entered Phoenix because they seen a need to collaboratively work with others to help end the epidemic. I joined CAN in 2021. We opened a new building 
just recently we had our grand opening. It was amazing because we had such an overwhelming need for more space. We were able to happily open a bigger building. We do free STI testing, prep and pep care. We also have some insurance programs that offer assistance to patients that traditionally wouldn't receive assistance for PrEP and HIV care. If somebody doesn't qualify for state services through Access or Ryan White programs and they can't afford traditional insurance, we have an insurance assistance program that's been really successful here in finding that little crack in the system and making sure that everybody, regardless of, of where they're coming from, has the treatment they need. Brilliant. You mentioned a couple of things that us four are pretty familiar with, but can you just provide a little bit more education about PrEP and PEP? Oh, absolutely. So PrEP, as Dr. Vanig was putting it, PrEP is a medication that I push, oh my God, like <laughs> candy. Because when kids come, anybody comes in here and I talk to them, I'm the first person they meet with and I go in and do an assessment and I'm talking to them because they're here for an STI treatment or whatever. And it's, hey, don't you know about PrEP is a pre-exposure prophylactic that again, you can take every day to reduce your chances of contracting HIV by 99.9%. We have injectable PrEP as well now, which is amazing. It's been so successful. We have, my God, a ton of patients that are really happy with the injectable PrEP. And then PEP is a medication that you can take post-exposure. So say that you had an exposure, the condom broke, or you just weren't being very safe that night. You suspect that it may not have been a great encounter. And so you can go in within 72 hours and get on a medication that you take for 30 days. And it prevents you 97, I believe, 97.9% percent chance of you not contracting HIV after that exposure. Educating people about these two ways to stop HIV, I love it. I love to be able to talk about it. I love to tell them, hey, and then we go into doxy prep and we're just like, let's be safe. We're all having sex. Let's make sure that we don't contract HIV. This is something we can end. So yeah, so that's a little bit about prep and, and PEP. I'm not very medical, but I, I am the assessment coordinator here. So that's my spiel that I give my patients and hope that they make that choice, that personal choice to keep themselves safe and to keep others safe around them where they don't have to live U equals U. Because we talk about U equals U so much, but we're still living with a virus in our body. I don't want anybody to contract HIV. You don't have to in this day and age. That's wonderful. I, I think just as Dr. Vanig was saying, there's been so many medical advancements. And I think PrEP as a prevention tool and PEP as a prevention tool as well are two great examples of that. But you also mentioned the famous acronym now U equals U. What does that mean? Undetectable is untransmittable. That has been a soundbite for me for quite some time now, because as a woman explaining that I have HIV, there's so much stigma around it. I've I had derogatory terms thrown at me from medical providers asking me if I was a junkie or a prostitute, which we don't even talk like that anymore. And I'm like, you're a provider. My God. So U equals U is an easy way to say undetectable is untransmittable. I take my medication every day. I'm untransmittable. I can in no way give you HIV. And that's when somebody Googles U equals U, I don't have to explain all of it. They can put U equals U into their Google search and they can read about it. And education is key. Making sure that people have that education, they have a phone in their hand, they can Google that 
and they know how to prevent HIV and that if you take your medication every day, you are no longer having the ability to spread HIV to anyone else. That is such a great message. And I am an evangelist of the U equals U message because I think it just goes to both the advancements again in medicine and in treatment and in removing the stigma that yeah. comes with an HIV diagnosis and our ability to continue to live our lives very healthily. Stacey J, you mentioned a couple of the priority populations that at Rita's Foundation and your partners are focused on the Black and African-American population, the youth population, the faith-based population, and especially in Black and African-American communities. A question just turning back to you is, we're here to talk about HIV and ending the stigma, and obviously there are some myths that we've all encountered and certain populations have encountered in our, our daily work. Can you provide a little bit more insights into those myths and how we can be better informed? Yes, absolutely. I think that a lot of people who might not have the education or the insight about HIV still look at it as a gay man's disease, still look at it as intravenous drug users only, but as Dr. Vanig, and we've all stated, anyone can contract HIV, but conversely, everyone can prevent it through all of these wonderful medications, through education, and really just normalizing the conversation, the conversations like this. At the top of this podcast, it was mentioned that this is a sensitive subject, but through conversations like this, it doesn't need to be sensitive anymore. It needs to be part of our daily conversations and our daily work. I also am a survivor and thriver of HIV. I've been positive for over 20 years, and Aunt Rita's was actually my first phone call when I found out and they connected me to the resources I needed. And uh, that led me to really great community health workers like what Becky does. And uh, Dr. Vanek was actually one of my first doctors. It really is a testament of this community in Arizona, in Maricopa County, and the great work that we are all doing collaboratively. And once again, just normalizing these conversations and continuing these conversations is going to be the key to ending the epidemic. Yes. And you did talk about the collaborative work in this space. Dr. Vanig, we talked a little bit more about the work being done here in the city of Phoenix, being part of this international effort called the Fast Track Cities Initiative, which is bringing together key partners, Becky, like Stacy J, like you, and a lot of great grassroots community-based organizations that are doing some really important work in this space to decrease new infections. Can you talk a little bit more about the goals and the work of the Fast Track Cities Initiative and what's exciting you about the work? Before we joined uh, Fast Track Cities in 2016, we had all of these agencies working alone, but trying to achieve the same goal. But we never really communicate and talk about the work we do and collaborate the work so we don't do the same thing. Since we joined Fast Track Cities, and I, I cannot say enough about the city of Phoenix, they have been the core of the program, they act as a convener and they set up regular meeting between all the stakeholders. We are sitting in one room, we share the same goal and we work together. I think this is probably the best initiative that really bring the government, the health department and people in the community together to achieve the goal of ending HIV in our community. Yeah, I couldn't reiterate that strongly enough with the initial leadership of 
then Mayor Greg Stanton and now Mayor Kate Gallego, our co-chairs at the beginning, included Councilman Daniel Valenzuela, and we're now being led by Councilwomen Laura Pastor and Deb Stark and meet regularly to coordinate efforts, certainly at the city level, but there are representatives from the Maricopa County Department of Public Health and the Arizona Department of Health Services, in addition to other community partners and providers that are helping advance the specific goals of Fast Track Cities Initiative. I am especially proud of the work that I get to facilitate as a subcommittee chair of the virally suppressed working group of the Ad Hoc Fast Track Cities Initiative that have goals to educate medical providers about the resources to test and get into treatment their patients that do test positive for HIV to begin and now expand the Rapid Start program and to provide greater awareness and knowledge of the community and people living with HIV and AIDS so that they get into the treatment and get that viral suppression lower. The second goal that I mentioned, Dr. Vanek, was the Rapid Start program. I'm wondering if you can educate us what that means and how it is such an exciting component of the work of the Fast Track Cities Initiative. Rapid Start program, the goal is to link newly diagnosed HIV patients to care and get on treatment within the same day. And this Rapid Start program is endorsed by all the health department policies around the world, including WHO, including Department of Health and Human Services, including International AIDS Society. The idea of Rapid Start in in the U.S. is actually launched by the city of San Francisco in 2000, I think 2012. And they did a remarkable job that they can actually cut the rate of new infection by they pretty much don't have any new cases anymore. So with the City of Phoenix Rapid Start program, we launched that in uh, September of 2017. Right now, we can get patients linked to care on the average of about three days. They can get on the medication within one to three days. And we can get the viral load down right now from the day that uh, someone's diagnosed to undetectable level within about 38 days. It used to be more than four months before we launched the program. I'm proud to say that the Rapid Start program in Phoenix is actually working. I am always astounded when I hear those data points because I know that there's been a lot of great efforts to get more providers as part of the Rapid Start program so that when they are testing their patients and their patients test positive, they are immediately connected with a 30-day supply of medication and then uh, set up a time to return to their doctor to do the appropriate follow-up work and ensure that they're on the best treatment plan for them. And to have that return to get into viral suppression cut from four months to just over five or six weeks is a tremendous data point and shows that the efforts are working. And I think that the leadership that the city has provided and the great work that you and our community partners have led is testament to that. Certainly the work isn't done because we still have this bigger goal to reach uh, the 95-95-95 goals of the Fast Track Cities Initiative, but we're certainly going in the right direction. Dr. Vanek, I, I also want to stress that point because as we've been discussing, 
this test and treatment model, this access to care effort has been really an important aspect of the work of Vitalist Health Foundation. And oftentimes that access to care for especially hard to reach or often stigmatized populations can be challenging. So can you talk a little bit more about the work that Spectrum Medical is doing to break down those barriers? There's inequity and lack of access to HIV care, especially for testing and prevention among patients who are actually mostly affected by HIV, which are Hispanic and Black community. Spectrum Medical, we want to meet people where they are. So we believe that People, if they have to make an effort to get care or testing or prevention, that's a burden. Right now, we have a mobile clinic and that go out in the community. We just launched a prep mobile, which we call our mobile clinic, a prep mobile. <laughs> so patients can come and get tested for HIV. And if they are at risk, they can just leave our mobile unit with a prep medications in hand and everything is free. They can be on PrEP the same day for free. Next year, we plan to work with especially a Black and Latino community. We want to work with the agencies that those communities already have trust in. There are a lot of agencies in Phoenix that have community health workers that are already doing some of the work you know, for diabetes, hypertension. So we will try to integrate uh, HIV and STI testing and prevention and treatment with all the, those other diseases that people can get. So That's great. I really appreciate the work that Spectrum Medical has been doing in our community and as part of the Fast Track Cities Initiative. We've covered a lot already during our conversation, but I wanted to just provide you each an opportunity to talk about where you see this movement. What excites you about a lot of the great work that's happening with each of your individual organizations and with the Fast Track Cities Initiative? And is there anything that we've missed? Becky? I'm really excited. Here at CAN, we, like you were saying, with we have the rapid start phone from the county. So we get phone calls on, it's like the Batmobile phone, like the Prepmobile. <laughs> so we get a call, a red phone rings, and within 24 hours of somebody being diagnosed in county, we can have them in an appointment within one to two days in our office. And when they leave our office at the end of their visit, they are rapid started and have medication in hand. With PrEP, we try to do the same. So it's just really the collaboration with all of the community partners. That's what I love about CAN also is our collaboration with others in the community. They give us that leeway to work with Spectrum or work with Southwest Centers and call one another and say, hey, we don't have any room for this patient today. Do you guys have any openings? So I think HIV has really been a grassroots movement from the beginning. It's been the, the community leading the way. And I think that here in Arizona, we're, we're doing that and we're holding that tradition very strong and working as a community together to collaborate and end this virus once and for all. Well said. Thank you so Thank much, you. Becky. Stacey J., what is exciting you uh, in this movement uh, with your work with Aunt Rita's Foundation, the Fast Track Cities Initiative, and is there anything that we missed? Yeah, I would just echo what Becky just said, uh, just really getting back to basics, back to that grassroots messaging and outreach efforts. We just really are looking forward to at Aunt Rita's to just really amplify what our partner agencies do 
and just continuing to connect people to where they need to be and really focusing on those priority populations to, as Dr. Vanig mentioned, meet people where they're at. We can't expect them to come to us. It is our job to reach out and support them where they're at. So that's what I'm looking forward to and just continuing to just work in tandem with all the folks on this podcast right now and everyone out in the community. That's what Ant Radius has done for 35 years and will continue to. And we are so glad that you will continue to do that work. Dr. Vanig, in your role in leadership capacity with Spectrum Medical and with the Fast Track Cities Initiative, what is exciting you in this movement and what uh, are things we might have missed? Really excited. I think we are very close to ending the HIV epidemic. When we started the Fast Track Cities for the city in 2016, our, our numbers were really bad. I think we have come a long way. But I think our priority for working right now is to expand our uh, PrEP program. Uh, if you look at the goal for the EHE, they would like about 50% of people who are at risk of getting a HIV to be on PrEP. Right now, we are at about 25%. So we have two more years to go from 25 to 50%. We're going to need our hands on deck. We're going to need everyone in the community to come together and try to achieve that goal. So Wonderful. That was Dr. Vanig, the Chief Medical Officer at Spectrum Medical, joined alongside Rebecca Lutz with Can Community Health in a really important role as patient care coordinator and a phenomenal ambassador for Valley Weiss's Health Voices of Hope Speakers Bureau, as well as Stacey J. Cavalier, the Executive Director of Aunt Rita's Foundation. Thank you all so much for joining us on the Vitalist Health Foundation Spark podcast and for all of your inspiring work to help us prevent the spread and end the epidemic of HIV. HIV. I am continuously inspired by you and your important work in the community. And please do consider Vitalist House Foundation a continued partner in this effort, certainly in my role as enthusiastic member of the City of Phoenix's Fast Track Cities Initiative. Thank you so much for joining our podcast today. If you'd like more information about the City of Phoenix's Fast Track Cities Initiative, please visit HIVAZ.org or the City of Phoenix's Fast Track Cities Initiative website. And we encourage you to learn more about these three great organizations, Can Community Health, Aunt Rita's Foundation, and Spectrum Medical. Thank you so much for listening.